Hola, Jamie. ¿Cómo está? Bien. Uh, that's uh, good. That's good. Yeah, that, that's all I've got, man. Seven uh, years of Spanish, and uh, I've, I'm pretty sure I used the wrong word there. So I'll catch up with you. I'm learning. Um, I'm learning Spanish with my daughter right now. We're using Duolingo. Um, so every day we go in and, and do a lesson, ten minute lesson. It's actually pretty well implemented. Are you doing this with your uh, with Ava? Okay. Yeah, ten year old daughter. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Because uh, my wife's my wife's family's um, Mexican, and her her grandma and grandpa speak. Her grandpa only speaks Spanish. Um, so it, it'd be cool to talk to them. Yeah, it would be kind of weird to never be able to hold a conversation with your grandparent. Yeah, we there's a lot of hand signals. Uh, also, mm-hmm. he doesn't hear too well, but he's a uh, he's the only uh, Ohio State Buckeye fan in the family. Besides, and the whole family's Michigan, so. Gotcha. Uh, we always we always do the little thumbs up uh, when he's wearing his Ohio State gear. Nice, um, you you've trained him well. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's a, he's a longtime Buckeye fan. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's it's actually really well done, and uh, so I'm. I took seven years of between high school and span, uh, high school and college. I took seven years of French, which I don't know anymore, but it's all coming back to me. Like. They're very, very similar languages. So nice. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So, um, how has your last two weeks gone? Uh, my last two weeks have been pretty good, actually. I have been, um, so I, I was getting ready. You got a lot of emails from me. Not a lot, but I got some emails from you. I, I sent you emails? Well, I mean, you sent the, the list, your list, a few emails. Well, Oh, yeah, yeah, So the Patreon thing. So that was one that we had just kind of, it was just in its infancy when we talked last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I launched it like the day after we talked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I got my, the Patreon campaign set up and um, have posted a few things to that, I guess. Uh, released one video that was like charged for, I suppose, if you want to say like accepted patronage for. Um, it's pretty neat how that thing works, actually. So kind of nice but yeah i got started with my yeah yeah the way it uh you go about like actually like charging people and seeing your like it has an analytics dashboard and stuff in the background so you can see like if you're growing if you're not growing like all kinds of stuff like that have you gotten a paid out like does it pay you out on a like a recurring monthly basis or does it pay it pays out out at like the first of the month basically like a couple days after the first of the month it goes and it calculates all um but yeah, I've not get, gotten paid out since I started in March. I'll get paid in April uh, for however many uh, videos that I release between now and then. Nice. But yeah, it uh, got started with Kubernetes and doing the videos for that, um, which was kind of fun. I realized that I have a very specific style that I stick to when I do presentations. And that is I use a lot of simple colors, a lot of uh, like icons, and animation like the, those are the three things that it takes for me to build a presentation mm-hmm. and i finally realized that i'm like i'm okay with this this is like my style of doing these sort of things and i kind of like it so that That's was kind of cool. nice but yeah so That's i got the first true. kubernetes video down and then um i've been so technically developing with docker my course has been like an early access for like a month and a half uh, because I didn't finish the last couple lectures that were were sitting in there yet, so last Saturday I spent twelve hours 
working on um, doing the all the like content writing for those and um, doing kind of rehearsal of the recordings. And then today I'm going to record those and then the course will be officially like finished. And then I still have to go back and do my preview video. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting at right that's now. Awesome. So awesome. just doubling down between, I'm kind of just like doubling down on YouTube as a thing, um, just to sort of build up the the audience and kind of get going with that and then the course thing i'm just gonna let kind of run its course once i once i get it finished then i'm gonna finish the uh preview video and then i'm gonna run some ads but we'll see kind of how that where that goes but that's not like my main focus right now right now i just kind of want to serve the people and um you know just just create content Yep. Yep. That's sort of where I'm at at the moment. So over the next two weeks, I'm planning on. Uh, can we go back to your? Uh, I'm interested in your 12 hours <laughs> that you spent. Like, like how how long you spent recording versus like creating scripts and. So that's actually no recording at all. Oh, nice. Okay. That's that is all uh, all script writing and um, and while I'm writing scripts, I go through and actually do this thing that I would be. Uh, doing in the recording and i'll do that multiple times like inevitably i find some sort of gotcha and the reason it took 12 hours is because i actually uh wrote a couple bugs into what i was doing and it took me forever to find them (laughs) so that was pretty fun but yeah it was i was doing some things that i hadn't done um either in a while or ever at all to kind of uh, explain some things so these videos were about using images for testing, which I do all the time. But in order for me to show you how like cool testing can be, I have to show you how to set up continuous integration. So I actually show you how to run your own Jenkins server inside of a Docker image that are inside of a Docker container that then uses Docker containers to run your application tests. Mm-hmm. So Docker uh, containers all the way down. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of recursion there. Um, but so doing that took a little bit and I, I found a couple bugs with, um, Jenkins actually, and then went from there. Uh, then after that, I was doing something else that I can't remember, but yeah, it took a little while, but I'm really actually super happy with how the content's going to turn out. So That's I'll awesome. be glad to have it done. Awesome. Cool. So then what are you doing, uh, for your next two weeks? Yeah, so over the next two weeks, my goal is to, um, well, I, today I'm going to have the Docker course finished, so that's that's kind of that. Um, but I want to improve the YouTube channel as a thing. So uh, there are some things that I just don't do really well from like a YouTube perspective. I, I want to kind of rethink how I design thumbnails for things because it mm-hmm. turns out thumbnails and titles are super important in YouTube land. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing some research into what I can do better for that for educational channels, like click people page, who... Click yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not going to clickbait <laughs> it up, but you got to do some things for like visual appeal and whatnot. So uh, going to be working on that a little bit. And then the actual like YouTube channel page uh, is a good way to get subscribers. Like turns out like half of my subscribers come from the uh, them actually checking out my channel page. And my channel page sucks. Like there's really like it's just like automated essentially. So I post a new video and it like throws it up there somewhere. Right. But in right. reality, I should probably structure it better. Like, oh, you're interested in programming stuff. Like check out these Rails tutorials or you're a complete newbie. Then check out these command line in Python videos. Right. So I need to go and uh, restructure that a little bit too. But then uh, lastly is really just uh, finish the 
um, preview video for the Docker thing and then run some ads, try to get some sales on that. I'm feeling confident that it's actually going to go somewhere. And if it doesn't, then I'm probably going to drop the price a little bit, but I'm going to give it a few days of um, really pushing traffic to it before I decide like, oh, I'm just charging people more than they're willing to pay. Mm-hmm. So are you going to release more Kubernetes videos? Yes, that'll happen on Tuesday. Uh, I'll record that this this weekend. I'm going to be releasing a video about um, creating your first Kubernetes cluster, but I don't want people to have to pay for anything. So we're going to use uh, Minikube, which is a thing to let you run it locally using VirtualBox. Oh, cool. Um, but it's pretty neat. That. Yeah, it's, a, it's another tool created by the Kubernetes team, but yeah, it's basically for testing purposes. And then after that, I'm probably going to move people to using the Google Cloud because every anybody can get like $300 of Google Cloud credit. And that's plenty to like play around with Kubernetes and actually spin up real servers. So that's that's kind of where I'm sitting at right now. Cool. Um, yeah. So what about you? Um, oh, I have I have a question for you, actually, before you get to me. Um, so I, uh, I, um, I, I slacked you a few days ago and, uh, was blowing up like, Hey, Docker sucks. You know, cause I got a new machine. I couldn't get to my old machine. There's some things I didn't know that I should have done. Mm-hmm. I sorted all that out. But the issue is with me and I'm, I'm assuming with a lot of people is when they start using, so you go to these videos because you're going to start using uh, this new concept or this new language or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you're not super familiar with it. So you learn it, you learn it once, right? And a lot of people are doing this on their side, their side hustles or their side projects. Um, And so they're not using it day in and day out. So then when they get back to it, it's, they have to remember all this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a problem I think nobody really solves in the educa- online educational space. Like, mm. you, there's no way to say like, oh, how do I, like in my case was, um, how do I uh, connect back to my, um, uh, my, my machine using Docker machine? And... Um, and then I, I was like, well, you know, Keith has a lot of content on this. How do I find this? And it's not really, you can't really depend on Google to find that for you mm-hmm. anymore. So I don't know. It's, it's nothing like let's talk, let's hash it out now. It's just something to like, I think there's a, there's a huge missing piece there. Um, and we talked about this a while ago with, of course, bots. Like it would be really cool if I could just say, Hey, you know, educational bot how do i do this mm-hmm. and that's a really really hard problem to, to solve but something like a site you know it doesn't have to be a bot but maybe you know on a site or something that that would be able to index all that stuff really well um i don't know it's just something um something to think about uh just a p- interesting problem i thought about uh, yeah over the week I think the hard part, going back to what you said about people don't use it day in, day out, that's kind of the struggle, right? Like, even if you do use things day in, day out, you still need to look at the docs as a thing. Like, I've been a Rails developer for years now, and I still look at the Rails documentation probably once a day. Right, right, yep. And 
So, so that exists. But the problem with stuff like this is you have specific like use cases that you need to see. And those all take like separate combinations of, you know, incantations that you need to toss Docker's way. And yeah, uh-huh. if you're not using it all the time, then you you kind of get a little stuck. And actually, we actually ran into this this week. Um, I was at OpenHack in Fort Wayne, and I was helping one of my coworkers uh, set up Docker for one of his like side projects, which was a Ruby project. We use uh-huh. Ruby and Docker in the office. But the problem uh-huh. is, is like between me uh, and the ops guys, we've like automated a ton of Docker stuff to where there's like very specific like commands that are in our shared dot files that just do all this stuff for you. So they kind of like, if you're not aware of what those do, then you don't even know kind of in that situation. So I'm like, oh man, this is kind of a bummer. Like we sort of automated ourselves into a situation where like the knowledge isn't spreading the way it should. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just something, um, to think about as you're both building this stuff. And, uh, I don't know, it just, it'd just be kind of interesting to, to figure this out. Yeah. I think it would be cool to actually, and this is a, this is a good idea to, uh, just set up a thing on my website for like, if, cause I always cover things in series, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. um, multiples of things is to just set up like almost an encyclopedia kind of thing for it. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, oh, you're looking at Docker stuff. OK, cool. And then like go through a bunch of use cases. And then from there, I can link to specific points and specific videos, maybe yep, exactly um, awesome. to give That's it that. Right. So that that is a cool idea. I might yeah, like a little wiki. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So. Anyway, that's uh, yeah, something I'm that's, that's a great idea. I'm gonna jot that down. Uh, but yeah, how were your last two weeks? Uh, good, good. Um, not as productive as I wanted because I wanted to get uh, conversations done. Which, uh, well, I wanted to get the early stand-up piece done, which involved conversations. Conversations were pretty much done last time, uh, but I did add a few features to the conversation, Jim. Uh, uh, mainly the ability to diverge a conversation. So uh, basically branch off from a conversation to go into another conversation. It helps kind of logically separate things so you don't have like those giant conversation script. Can you give me um, an example? Oh, okay, okay, never mind. This is so, on the back end. Yeah, this is on the back end. Yeah, so an example would be like um, you ask this person a question, it goes down a certain path, and then they say no or something or, or they answer a question that kind of repeats the conversation or okay. it, yeah. So they want to go back into a time. So instead of like rewriting that script or, you know, and you can also do it like the way I do it is um, in tattoo, uh, the conversation is, first of all, it goes and tries to find the, um, the most likely day and the most likely room or channel that you want to have, uh, that you want to provide your stand up in. Okay. Um, well, I haven't built that piece yet. That's actually what I'm working on now. But the idea is finding the, looking at like what's scheduled, looking at your history and looking what standups you've participated in for that mm-hmm. day. And it's going to find the like most logical. So if I say, Hey, the first thing it does is, do you want to start, you want to provide your stand up for today in the meetings room? And, uh, hopefully the answer to that is yes. Uh, that's what I'm trying to get to. If it's no, then it goes through and asks them, okay, what day, 
what day do you want it? And, it? and it will ask them that. They'll select the day. And then it'll ask them what room they want to do it. And then they'll select the room. So uh, the diverging points are selecting the room, selecting the day. And then it can kind of go in this loop of, of asking them those questions. Okay. So you basically built like a, uh, a flow chart engine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as that as complicated as that. Um, actually, the code is was pretty easy once I once I figured out what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I added that to Converse, and then I added the the ability to answer with a uh, not just a text message, but you can add attachments. Like in Slack, you can add message attachments, which create the the little pieces of UI for selecting things and and showing things. So I added that, and I got all that working. Um, so the conversation piece is almost done, uh, but I might delete it all. Oh, what? <laughs> Excuse me. Is this, what, hello? Is this, is this real? Fun? Like, is this on? What is, uh, why okay. would you delete it all? <laughs> um, hmm. so conversations are hard to get mm-hmm. them right. Uh, to get them right, they're hard. So you have to like, think about everything a user is going to do and how they're going to answer. So if I say, Hey, you want to provide your standup for today in the meetings room and they may answer. No, they may answer. No comma tomorrow. They may answer no for tomorrow standup, or they may answer yes, but in the, the general room or yes, but for, Friday. Mm-hmm. So figuring and out intention is hard. It's um, figuring out intention is actually kind of easy if you use like some of these intention engines like I use. It's just making your conversation flow flexible enough to handle all that. And if I'm if I took so I took a step back because I I started using it right and I started. Mm-hmm. I started seeing what the conversation is like and um, it's hard. It's hard to get that right without people getting frustrated at the bot. Okay. So are you basically going to move this back to just being direct message the way the normal bot works? No, I think um, I may move it to now. This isn't, I didn't waste all this time creating this conversation stuff because I am going to use it, but as like a V one, I may move it to being an inter- an interactive message. So an oh, interactive message buttons. can have buttons. Yeah. Okay. And it'll say, Hey, do you want to do this? And then maybe a button that says no, change the date or no, change the uh, room, the channel. And those two actions are distinct. Um, so I may go to that, go that route and why I'm working on the conversation piece. Um, and getting that kind of um, buttoned down more. Okay. So it was a hard decision to do because I'm like, man, I did all. And I'm not saying that all that work was thrown out. It's just yeah. uh, it made me realize that, like, and I already knew this, but, like, getting conversations right takes a long time and a lot and a lot right now. A lot of, like, resources. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not sure yet. I'm, I think... I probably am going to to go the interactive message route 
Um, but I want to get this working first. Uh, the early stand-up stuff. Okay. So that's where I am with that. Um, by the time we talk next time, no matter what, uh, I will have the early stand-up feature ready. Um, Sweet. Because the other thing that got in my way is, do you know what today is? Uh, hold in on. The US. It's, March, it's March 11th. I don't know what, what that is. Have, what do you have to do tonight? We're recording uh, on Saturday. I'm going to a concert. Oh, we have time zone stuff. Daylight savings time. Daylight savings time in the U.S. So, and then the rest of the country starts next week. Um, you mean the world? Yeah. Did I say, oh, it's a country. Yeah. yeah. The next the rest of the world starts. Uh, most of them start next week. The most, all of my customers that are using callback start, you know, there's a lot of American co- um, customers and then, the rest of the world is, is next week. So, so um, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, let's bounce back on that. Uh, callback. So you have like paying customers for callback now? Mm, mm. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I moved a lot of teams from Tetsu in the back end to using callback. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I have not implemented the daylight savings time code that I have in Tetsu for callback. So, <laughs> uh, have fun today. Uh, I had fun yesterday. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I know this is the last minute thing, uh, but it, it's pretty cool because it's going to be using, it's a little different than what I have in Tetsu mm-hmm. because it's going to be using callback to create the callbacks to, it's callbacks all the way down. Uh, Wait, to, so it's calling back to itself? Yep, yep, yep. The call is coming from inside the house. Um, okay. Wait, so is this, is callback invented? Uh, no, but it's, uh, what I did before was I ran like a, a rake task to every day go through, see if there's any upcoming uh, uh, changes in uh, oh, okay. the yeah in the time zones, and then scheduled another job to run when the time zone hap- change happens, and then that job loops through all the jobs. <laughs> And change and makes adjustments according to the daylight savings time adjustments. Interesting. Okay. So what I do now is I I schedule callbacks. So I have I have a my own like as if I was a customer of callback, running a daily script to schedule all those um, jobs. Hmm. So um, I did that all last few days um, and got that. Uh, working yesterday, so I just have to implement it for tonight. Nothing like waiting to the last minute. So yeah, you're good. And next week, apparently. So when the rest of the world yep. switches to yep. daylight savings time. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, so I'm I'm working a lot on callback as well over the next two weeks. I want to get kind of the front end side going. Cool. Uh, the back end's pretty much done. Uh, I have a little bit more analytics to add uh, right now. It just it records the start and stop time of it, um, but I'm going to gather the response and any logging that happens during it. So, um, nice. and I think I'm going to do the front end in React. I think. Um, yeah. I might. It's basically it's just a is going to be a static front end that's making some some JS calls. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to go full on React or. Or something else. So we'll see. 
I'll have an update on that next time we talk. Cool. That's sounds pretty good. Cool, man. Yeah, well, I guess I will talk to you in two weeks then. <laughs>